Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this month's edition about what I read and what I didn't finish in April. Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf. Each month I share with you what I've been reading and listening to for audiobooks and do the reading so you don't have to. And I tell you about what's good, what's not so good, and what's worth putting on your TBR or your 2B red pile. This is the April 2023 edition. And this morning, this Monday morning, I sat down to prep for this episode and I thought, oh, maybe I can't even do an episode this month. I've only actually read a couple of books. And then I realized that part of the thing I need to tell you about is the books I didn't finish and why I didn't finish them, some of the ones I put down. Uh, Yeah, so April, I think this episode will be the, the books or the month that I didn't finish any books. So that's not quite true. So keep listening and we will talk about the two books I did finish, the two books I did not finish and a couple of books that I tried really hard to finish on time by the 30th of April but just couldn't quite get over the line but they'll be in next month's episode so that's okay but they're very good so I will give you a little sneak peek of those two. One of the books I did read this month was a pre-read or pre-release so I'll talk to you about that book that's not out for a little bit longer uh, and some more to come on that one too. So let's get straight into it. So this month I read two books, I listened to a book and I read a book with my eyes. I also didn't finish two books one of the books I don't think I will go back to. The other one, it was definitely It's Me, Not You. <laughs> so therefore, uh, it's, uh, it is a book I would like to go back to because it was good. I just wasn't quite in the right headspace for it. Uh, and then the two books that I am in the middle of. So let's talk about the books that I read, shall we? So one of the books that I read that I really enjoyed this month, I gave it four stars, is Before and Laughter by Jimmy Carr. And I listened to this one on Audible. It's Jimmy that narrates it. Jimmy reads that reads his book. And it's what was really weird is listening to Jimmy Carr do some kind of sincere stuff because having had felt like Jimmy has been part of my life for a long time in terms of enjoying his work and watching his comedy and seeing him on TV and things. It's really, yeah, just really weird to have him talk about some quite poignant things and quite thought-provoking things. Uh, but also, you know, and very much the book is full of his sharp, funny, dry humour as well. So there's lots of that. There's lots of bits that I actually had some little little laugh out louds on, uh, which was nice. But it's also really him talking about his, his life story. So him growing up in the UK and sort of splitting his time between England and Ireland and and what that was like and his relationship with his family which was pretty good and he had a you know by his own admission had like a really nice really good upbringing uh, and a good childhood and then how he fell into pretty mundane life by his compared to what he really wanted of working kind of a nine-to-five getting getting drunk at the weekend and really just kind of getting through the week and realizing that's not really what he wanted to do and then getting into comedy and the the work he put in to to get to the you know to do the things he does now and live the life that he he now does that he he really loves lots of the there was lots of stuff in the book that was really good uh, some really good reminders a lot of stuff that kind of resonated uh, one of the overall themes is really this idea that the hard rock work that is required not just to get somewhere to reach that initial goal of leaving his nine to five kind of corporate job and getting into comedy but also that the work required to maintain and stay performing at that level he talked about a few examples of people that particularly at the Edinburgh Comedy Festival that he saw them they had a really good run they had a really good show but then sort of stopped 
putting the work in and either got distracted by other things or you know got played by self-doubt or something and then probably never really reached the potential that they could have done or continued to do the work because they something got in the way of them doing that and for some of them that may have been intentional and that's obviously all fine but there was others where that clearly wasn't the case and they, they wanted a bit more but uh, but never really achieved that because they just sort of yeah stopped got in their own way and stopped putting the work in so he talked about that that kind of drive and that hunger that he has to keep performing at the level he is and can constantly be bettering himself and thinking about how he can be funnier and be you know be, be, turn his comedy into something else or get in, involved in other things as well which obviously he's done through a lot of his tv work so four stars for before and laughter by jimmy carr this was a recommendation. I'd had it on my list, on my to-be-read list or to-be-listened-to list for a while. Then my good friend Leanne Hughes, hi Leanne, uh, had nudged me very heavily and hard hard in the ribs to, to listen to this one as she listened to it. It must be late last year and had been raving about it. So yeah, big fan of that book, Before and Laughter by Jimmy Carr. And I think if he, if Jimmy Carr is someone that you can't really, you don't really like, I know he can be a bit polarizing, I think this book, actually in hearing a bit more about him and his background and how he kind of thinks about things, might actually be quite quite good because you might be like, oh, okay, he is a normal, quite likable person. And yeah, sometimes the, the persona or some of the other things, uh, his, his quite dry and sometimes quite dark humour might, um, might make you think otherwise. And then he talks about a little bit of that as well. So that's Before and Laughter by Jimmy Carr. Recommend. Four stars. The other book I read, or the book I read with my eyes this month, was How to Work with Almost Anyone by the fabulous Michael Bungay Stania. I've read a lot of Michael, almost all of Michael's other books, I think. I think there's just one I haven't read. And so if you go back through the podcast or have a little search on the stephsbusinessbookshelf.com, you can hear me talk about at least three of Michael's other books. So How to Begin, The Coaching Habit and The Advice Trap. Those are books that I recommend all the time to people. Uh, so I was very happy that Michael sent me a early copy of How to Work with Almost Anyone, which is out at the end of June. Now, I'm not going to tell you too much about that book now because what I'm going to do, so I'm going away for six weeks, sorry, in about three weeks time. So that is going to cause a problem for the June episode of this podcast as it normally is. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a proper kind of old style Steph's business bookshelf of the three big ideas from the book How to Work with Almost Anyone by Michael Bungay Stania, which will come out early June, which links very nicely to Michael's publication date. He hasn't asked me to do this. I just thought this was a nice way of promoting a book by an author I really like. So I'm going to tell you more about that one in a few weeks time. So you'll have to make sure you're following along to get that uh, that new episode. But what I will say is that it's super helpful. It's packed with great questions, as you would expect from MBS. And it is short and sharp and punchy as well. And it's got some nice kind of frameworks in there that you can use in order to improve the relationships with the people you're working with. But frankly, you know, a lot of the stuff I was when I was reading, I thought, oh, actually, that's a conversation I should have with this friend or this person in my life, in, in other parts of my life, not just my work life. Uh, but there was definitely some things in there. I thought, oh, actually, when I was working and I was having a bit of a funky time trying not to, trying to work with someone it wasn't going so well I wish I'd had this conversation or used this question that's in the book compared to maybe the the conversation I did have or didn't have and avoided having so super helpful more to come on that book in a few weeks time now let's talk about the books I did not finish in April so the first book which is the one that I'm probably not going to rush back to and not finish was a book called Super Forecasting by Philip Tetlock so this is a book about forecasting and foresight and the people who do that and what it takes to do that really well. 
it had really great reviews on Amazon. I had like, yeah, thousands of, you know, really, really high four or five star reviews. So I thought, great, this is a book clearly uh, that is acknowledged by practitioners or by people doing this kind of work as being really great. What I was hoping for, and maybe this is just an expectation gap, what I was hoping for is a book that went into some of the people who are really good at forecasting and what makes them good and how to then use that. What I did find, though, my the, the expectation that was not met was that it did have that. It did have the stories about the people who do it and do it well and, and how they approach things. But I just found it very repetitive. And it was like lots of similar stories rather than and you can you can extract the how from the stories because the, the, the book talks about why these people are great at what they're doing, the approaches they use. So you can definitely you can extract the how it doesn't need. I didn't need it to be like a checklist of then you do this, then you do that. But I just found that the stories were getting pretty repetitive and there was not much difference in the how this person was doing it and why they were great to the how this person was doing it in the next chapter and why they were great. So to be honest, I just got a little bit bored most way. I think I've got about sort of 40% of the way through and I just thought, you know what, I don't know if I'm going to get a huge amount more out of this. And when I sort of did a scan of the chapters of the ones that were coming up I just thought yeah yeah just just not 100% sure this is this is going to give me what I was hoping or give me any more now I've done the first kind of 40% some really great stories in there some really interesting things about how groups of people large groups of people with an element of knowledge can actually outperform when you take their average predictions and forecasts can actually outperform a few experts so that was that was quite interesting about knowing the the wisdom of the masses but yeah, kind of beyond that, I was like, okay, cool. I've kind of got that. I can move on with my life. So super forecasting by Philip Teclock. Uh, I'm not going to give it a rating because I didn't finish it. So I don't think it's fair to do that. But yeah, probably not going to be picking that one back up. However, the next book that I did not finish was more about me than about the book. So this book is a book I've been looking forward to reading for a few months. Came out at the end of last year. It's called The Persuaders by Anangira Haridas. Really enjoyed it. And some of the examples in the book uh, have stayed with me. And I think about them every few days. It kind of comes to my mind. So the book is all about how to persuade people and to engage in different types of conversations in a very divided age. And the examples in there are particularly people who are doing really grassroots kind of organization work particularly in the US and particularly around things like race and gender and all the kind of interdependencies that that uh, other interdependencies that come along with those lines and others as well was this idea of looking for imperfect allies and so how some of the organizers they're part of groups who Sometimes there's a lot of pushback from them partnering with these imperfect allies. Maybe there's not full alignment on all issues, but they are almost there on on most issues or some of the big issues. But some people find that really offensive. They're like, how can we partner with these people when they believe this about that? But, you know, and how some of the organizers who have done those those partnerships have actually got further by partnering with those groups, because even though they're imperfect, because it actually moves the conversation further quicker because they get a bit more momentum rather than sort of sticking to these like very hard lines of we can we believe in these things and we can only partner with people who believe exactly the same things as us and, and on all issues. So they talk about this idea of finding people who overlap by 90%, 75%, 50% and 25% and then there's zero as well, but that's you, know, <laughs> you probably aren't going to get much traction there. And where the pros and cons are of partnering where you may or may not partner with different groups who have different weightings of overlap in issues so super interesting and I think some really 
definitely some things that have made me think about some of the conversations I might have with people who disagree on some quite big issues that feel like real values, fundamental values differences, but how actually you can find different things to agree on in order to have a different conversation or change something and find out where those similarities are. So yeah, super, super interesting. I was just finding it a little bit of a slog because I just found this month I was traveling a bit and was just, yeah, just the way I was reading was not kind of longer sort of concentrated times of reading and it's a hard book to kind of dip in and out of. So I think next month I'm traveling and but in traveling in a different way, kind of longer stints places and we'll have more time to kind of sit and read for maybe an hour or so at a time. This is going to be the book that I'm going to come back to first. So it's a do not finish in in this month, but it is I will will return to it and I will therefore give it a rating once I have finished it because I'm really enjoying the ideas and the concepts in there so far. So to be continued on The Persuaders by Anand Giriharadas. Okay, so those are the four books I sort of read or did read in, in April. The other books that I really tried to get through in order to tell you about them was the audiobook Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. So this is Trevor Noah's autobiography, memoir. Really, really good so far. Loving it. About 65, 70% of the way through. Really good so far. So I'm looking forward to telling you about that one probably next month. And the other book that I picked up a few days ago and have not just, could, could not quite finish it on time to tell you about it properly today is a book called Future Normal by Henry Cortino Mason and Rohit Bhargava. Again, really good. I'm really enjoying that one because it's actually much more how I could read the last kind of few weeks, which was dipping in and out really short chapters on different topics on the future and what might become normal in the future that we may be seeing signals for now. So very much future kind of focused book. Really enjoying that one. But those two I will give ratings and proper reviews on next month. Speaking of next month as well, so I'm traveling, I'm away for six weeks, doing a little bit of a world tour, going to Canada, going to the UK, going to Portugal, very much looking forward to all of those. So it might mean that the next episode of a full book review is a little bit delayed, so you might get a double double bonus one in July. So June's episode, like I said, is going to be a old school Steph's Business Bookshelf episode with the three big ideas from Michael Bungay-Stania's latest books, that will be what you get early June. And then early July, once I'm back, you will get this normal episode, which will be a bit of a bonus one of what I read in May and in June. All right, that's April's reads. I'd love to know what you have been reading. You can find me on LinkedIn, Steph Clark, Steph with a PH, Clark with an E, or on Instagram at Steph's Biz Bookshelf. Drop me a note, let me know what you've been reading, what you maybe have added to your reading list from this episode, or what is worth me putting on my to-be-read pile. You can keep up on my travels. I'll be posting some stuff on the socials. But other than that, or until next time, happy reading.